that's following your gut but doesn't make sense here people are like what's wrong with you yeah like, well, everybody wants like proof yeah. yeah yeah and that's hard but our bodies are so intelligent and absolutely when we learn to just let do its freaking thing then we're all gonna feel so much yeah. better Absolutely. That's the hard part though, because we've been just so conditioned by society and cultures and all kinds of stuff. Like this is a certain way and it's hard to like break out of that, but I think you gotta close. do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really there. do. Like I feel and like, like Hey everyone, I'm Rochelle, your host for this podcast. I am a health coach, photographer, highly sensitive, and it took me almost 33 years to find my purpose and passionate life. I've had some ups and downs for sure, and the biggest lesson I've gotten is just to trust yourself, to slow down and really listen and trust your body, yourself. And so in this podcast, I'll talk about all of my experiences, my journey, all things health and spirituality, and really just share all of that with you, what's worked, what hasn't, but always remember through it, just take what works and leave what doesn't. We are all unique individuals, and not everything is going to work for everybody. Honor and trust yourself. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, sending you life. Happy Friday, everyone. This um, podcast is a bit of a longer one. I interviewed Lindsay on here, who is a breakthrough coach. Uh, she helps female entrepreneurs design a life that works, and she was so passionate about human design. It was a really interesting conversation. We went from meditation to self-love to healing, human design, open emotional center, kind of we dug into it all. So I'm really, really excited for you to listen to this episode. Um, you can find her on Instagram at Way Society, W-A-I Society. I'll have her linked in the bio and everything with her Instagram and her website. So you can go check her out. It was really such a pleasure speaking to her and such a great conversation. And I don't want to take up too much of this intro. I know I usually do the transits. Um, and so I kind of wanted to touch on that without taking up too much time because I know this episode is an hour plus as it is. So our sun right now is in gate 47, which is coming out of the Ajna towards the mind. And this is just the gate of realization, kind of like that aha moment gate. Um, and we have it in the third lines right now, which is being confused. A purely mental viewpoint can be unrealistically restrictive. So really just honoring your strategy and authority. And I know I talk about that a lot and everybody's probably tired of hearing about it, but it's so true. If you can honor your strategy and authority, literally everything else will flow so much easier in your life. Um, and that's really like what it's all about. And then the only other thing I'm going to touch on this week, as far as the transits go is our earth is in gate 22, which I know this is the gate coming out of the emotional solar plexus towards the throat. I have the channel 1222. So this is like my life, but gate 22 is the gate of grace basically. So it's just like having grace with others, having grace with yourself, listening, um, having the grace to listen to people and really truly understand and empathize and everything like that. So that's where our earth is. And so that's something that's really going to ground us in is just having this grace, this gate of grace active. Additionally, and I'll probably get into it more next week, but um, Mars just went in retrograde. And I know this is something that some of us have been worried about. Um, astrologers have been warning us about it. It's going to get really intense between now and January, which makes sense um, for a lot of different reasons. But of course, whenever we have tensions rising, it's always really fascinating to me to look at the universe and see what's going on. And so Mars in retrograde right now, um, Mars is kind of the, not the war planet, but Mars is, is uh, I guess, just like... <sighs> It is a planet of like fighting. And so having it in reverse now, a lot of things may be, we may be meeting more resistance with things, but it's not to say that things can't happen. Um, so I think it's really important during this time to really ground yourself in, whether that be in a meditation practice, just really aligning with yourself um, so that when you hit all these resistant points, you can kind of come back to yourself and be aligned with your higher self and source and whatever um, that is that you, you know, spiritually believe in. So that when we come out of this, this is how it was explained to me yesterday. I had my very first astrology reading, which was really exciting, but she was talking about Mars um, and Mars for me is in my, um, basically it's, it's, it's part of my career path as the holistic health thing, which is really interesting. But so basically having this in retrograde, um, you know, I might meet some sort of resistance along the way, but it's really just kind of like grounding in and meditating. And it's not to say that things can't happen. It's just to say that really that is so important right now to align with ourselves and meditate. So 
without going into too much detail, like I said, I think I will have an episode next week. Or if you guys are interested, I might see if I can get an astrologer on here to kind of like talk about all this stuff that's going on now. Um, so we can really have that kind of high level view, um, detailed view from an actual astrologer, not just me interpreting <laughs> because astrology is not, um, I don't know astrology as much as I would like to. It's definitely on my list of stuff to learn. But with that being said, I will let you all enjoy the rest of this episode. If you feel called to rate, review, share, whatever you would like to do, I would so, so appreciate it. I appreciate every single one of you that listens to me every single week. And if you're new or have listened to one before, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, why don't you start with just telling everybody a little bit about you as much as you want or as little as you want. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I have, man, there's so many stories I could tell, but, but the short version is I've been a hairstylist for 10 years. Three or four years ago, I uh, had a thought that changed my life and um got there, got into therapy and went down the personal development rabbit hole and started transforming my life. And it was freaking awesome. And I um, am at the point now where I'm a six two and I want to start, I'm up on the roof. So I'm sharing everything that I've learned. And it's just super cool because mm -hmm. it's like, finally, I'm sure you can relate. Finally, all that line three stuff is like a point to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. yay, I'm here now. So it feels yeah. I feel like my whole life has led me to this point. Um, and I just transitioned from being a hairstylist to being a breakthrough coach and got into human design. And just like you, I want to share human design with the world. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, I feel like that's my purpose on earth is to share this information. Yeah, I definitely, I feel so similar to that. Like when I first found out what it was, I was like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to know this. Like yeah. it, it was just so like transformative for totally. me and so many people that I know. Um, can I ask what was the thought, the yes. breakthrough thought for you? <laughs> the breakthrough thought was, oh shit, I think my dad's a sociopath. And then, oh shit, I need therapy. Um, and you know, it's funny cause I tell that story and people are like, Ooh, like that's a lot, but it mm -hmm. was so good. Like it was literally so much relief. Yeah. I was like, Oh, nothing's wrong with me. Like it's because of how I grew up. And so mm -hmm. that was my first like introduction to inner child work and which came much later, but like that opened the door to all of this whole brand new world. And yeah. it was super exciting. Yeah. I think we all have to have that kind of moment, right? Whatever it is, because it's so hard for me, like being a parent, but then like seeing how I've been conditioned by my parents who were well-intentioned, but it's just, they didn't know any better. And yeah. I was actually having a conversation with someone recently and it's like, I feel like so much of, so many of us say that, right? Like they did the best with what they could, but then it also kind of invalidates our experience at the same time yeah. that for me was like a recent break. Cause I always say that I'm like, well, they did the best with what they could. And I can remember what I was reading and listening to. And it was just like, that was kind of an aha moment for me. It was like, no, but my, my experience and like what I went through is still valid. Like it still happened to me regardless of what their intent was. So yeah, I totally get that. Cause I went through like, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but I was mad at my dad for years, like years and years. And then I got into therapy and like the end of my, like a year later after talking about my dad a lot, I was like, oh shit, I think I'm mad at my mom too. <laughs> and my therapist was like, yeah, that's common. Like, yeah. uh, so I had to work through all of that. And I totally, like, I tell people that all the time. It's like, our parents or anyone, we do the best we can with the resources we have. But exactly mm -hmm. like you said, that doesn't make, I believe there's trauma with a big T and a, or a capital T and a lowercase T. And like we, our experiences are real and they mean something mm -hmm. to us. But that's hard when you start talking about it. And then people are like, oh my God, I thought you had a great life. And it's like, yeah, I did. But there's a lot that's underneath that yeah. people don't see. Yeah, absolutely. I relate to that so much. Cause like I grew up overseas, like my parents, like money wasn't always an issue. You know, we kind of traveled a lot. We did a whole bunch of things. So it's like when you come out of it, having certain experiences and that's kind of the response is like, we had a great life. And it's like, yeah. 
I'm not saying I didn't, but yeah. these things were like, did spiral into other things in my life that have been like, not so great, but <laughs> totally. And like, like it's hard too, because I know like I didn't have huge trauma in my life, but I had emotional stuff mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and conditioning and yeah, absolutely. conditioning as we've talked before around the yeah. defined centers, I think are even harder sometimes than the yeah. undefined and yeah human design, like I've taken every single personality test out there, (laughs) I think. And human design has been the most like, oh my God, like I now, it really gave me permission to be myself and to lean into my weirdness and to lean into what I thought like I couldn't show to the world. And that's what I love that it celebrates diversity rather than putting everyone into one mold. Yeah, for sure. And I think like our experiences growing up too are, we didn't know any different to know if that was healthy or toxic or good or bad or anything like that, you know? Yeah. And like you said, like definition are, and it's so funny because I know we talked before about the emotional centers. Um, I'm defined, but I'm so highly conditioned by the undefined because I was the only defined in my whole family. So there was a lot of projection of like, yeah, even literally last night because my daughter's defined and my son isn't. So we were out to, to dinner and my parents made a comment about how, how moody she was. And I was just like, yeah, but that's who she is, you know? And they were like, yeah, it's like, same as you, you know, we always had to walk on eggshells around you. And I'm like, well, you didn't really have to, but you know, so it's like that kind of part, part of me is like, yeah, I probably did come off that way, but also that's just who I am. And I shouldn't be made to feel bad for that. That's so interesting coming from undefined for me, because especially like if you as a child were the only defined solar plexus and all the, like you Mm -hmm. were the influencer in your family, but your whole family is like, ah, emotions, we don't know what to do. And I couldn't even imagine how that must've felt for you as little tiny Rochelle. And you're just like (laughs) doing your thing. I'm normal. And I'm pretty sure they're all open. Like completely oh, open. Yeah, that's hard because we because I'm completely open. And mm. with my therapist, the first time, I, like I used to have panic attacks when I would cry, like literally yeah. couldn't breathe. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm feeling or like what I'm supposed to feel. And it's made me feel like such a weirdo for so much. And then when I do get caught in emotions, it's so overwhelming that I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. hard. It's so, I know it's so interesting. I could talk about that all the time. I just like, I have no idea what it feels like to not, but like I, going back to that, I do feel like there has been, because for the longest time, like I would hide my emotions and I would just, I didn't want anybody to know I was because I felt like that made me weak. And yeah, being the one in the household that would cry and everybody would be like, oh my gosh, you're so sensitive, you know? And it's just like, I'm just going to like shove it down then. And we're not going to, you know, not going to go there and whatever, but like always, actually feeling the things. So it's just, well, it's interesting too, because your parents probably like they grew up undefined and who knows what their parents were. So they didn't know how to deal with emotions. And Mm -hmm. then that makes it even harder for you because you're born with all of the emotions and transmitting them all. And that like, it totally makes sense that you'd grow up as acting like an undefined Alexis. Well, I think in general, tears make people uncomfortable regardless. So it's like having somebody that's like always emotional and like weepy and stuff like that. Like just a lot of people aren't aware enough of themselves to begin with, to be able to handle that, let alone like, yeah, having this relationship where you're both undefined and then adding this defined emotional center in there. And it's like, it's super interesting because I feel like we're on the rise of emotions and we're getting to that point where like you get into your thirties and you're like, okay, I think I need to deal with my emotions. Mm -hmm. I think that there's something to this. (laughs) I can't just lock it in a box forever. And then we have these epiphanies that's like, Oh, emotions are okay. And they're just, they, they're just, they are. And I know we've had this conversation about, cause Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand with like, thoughts create emotions. And I was thinking about that because it seems like because you are transmitting emotions, it's almost like the thought probably is almost instantaneous compared to your mood. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that kind of how it works for you? Like negative thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if I was talking to you or somebody else, but it's interesting because like, so my emotional centers, 
connected to my throat and then my throat's connected to my ajna. So I just wonder if that like flow and then I have a wide split so it's not connected to the rest of my centers. So I just have this flow between there. So I don't know because I I know somebody else who is completely open in their head and she says her her wave is is physical. It's not so much mental. It's like she feels it. So I'm like my thoughts I think just are immediately triggered yeah by that wave because it's connected through my throat. And so like I'm supposed to be verbally expressing it. Yeah. Oh, that is so fascinating. <laughs> Especially like on the, the topic of manifestation mm-hmm. and what we're thinking about yeah. habitually is creating our life. And then what we're feeling is creating our life. But then the negative emotions, which I don't believe that I believe life is neither good nor bad emotions. Yeah, and yeah. All that they are what they are. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like your body is saying, Hey, you need a rest or you're, you're to me, I've, I've come to view emotions, negative, lower, but emotions that don't feel good yeah. as an arrow sign that you're not getting your needs met somehow. Would you kind of, do you feel like that's kind of, I do think so. You? Yeah, for sure. So like one emotion I've never really like understood or been able to deal with is anger. And so my therapist would always tell me like anger, like emotions are neither good nor bad, but anger is a sign that there's an injustice somewhere. It doesn't have to be, I guess I was always met with like rage, right. Mm -hmm. From others. And rage is very different than anger. Yeah. So it's really distinguishing that and understanding all those things. So well, and I'm sure giving yourself permission to, I'm feeling angry right now. Like, yeah. what do you, do you need to go scream? Do you need to go punch <laughs> Oh, like, how do you need to move the yeah. energy through your mm-hmm. body is, is what it seems like for, for defined might be something to pay more attention to is the, not so much what you're thinking, but what are you feeling and how can you accept, embrace, learn, and then sit with the wave and ride the wave, right? It's mm-hmm. just like, you're just surrendering to, okay, I'm feeling this emotion right now. Yeah. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. And I think the end goal, like Ross says, is when you're in the low of that wave is understanding like the wave is not created by anything. It just is what it is. But then in that phase, like in that low, that's when we can use that to our like creative, you know, a- a- abilities and be able to like actually use it for, for all that kind of stuff. And I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> it's like when I get in a low, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Just like lay in bed. <laughs> but I think that's probably what you need. Like yeah. if you're, it, if you're in tune with your emotions more, like to me, you would be more in tune with your emotions and you have the tools to deal with them better than I do. And it's that leaning in, but you're so right. Cause I was, I was looking into, uh, the first gene key and that is my, uh, South node. And it was totally talking about the melancholy sort of state mm-hmm. before creation happens. And I was yeah. like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Cause I get into those like psych cyclic moods uh-huh. where it's like, uh, I like have so much to do, but I don't really want to do it. Yeah. And lately I've been leaning in and that's when it's like the epiphany happens. So it's like, so when you feel that, is it, how did, like, do you feel that as an emotion? I mean, like, is your partner defined? So do you no. have, no, so you're undefined. He's so, undefined. so like, how does that present? No, how does that present itself for you? If it's, if, so that first, the first gate is in the G center. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if it's not like emotional, how does it melancholy show up for you? I mean, it's, well, that's probably a good question. I have just recently been paying attention to that. And I think mm-hmm. for me, normally I'm a manager and, mm-hmm. so and I'm just like on this mission, like it's very hard for me to the gene key two is my, my North node. And so I've been really leaning into the feminine side and slowing Mm -hmm. down because I am Mm -hmm. so like creation, go, go, go. And so to me, the melancholy shows up as like, not really like sadness or I don't really even understand what that word means. But to me, it's just like, I don't really feel like doing anything and I kind of feel blah and I'm, I just kind of feel blank. And so it's, I always describe it as I'm assuming your wave is like this and my wave is just kind of like, and normally, normally I'm just like chill, but if the, the sadness or the melancholy just kind of comes out as a like, um, almost lethargic kind of like, I just don't Mm -hmm. feel like doing anything. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I wonder I if that presents that. itself for you. Sorry, I completely could. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I wonder if that can be, um, you know, what's going on with the transits too. You're just getting Ooh. a taste of that as well. Because I've started like really paying work. attention to that. Oh yeah, I've started really paying. Do you have genetic matrix? Yeah. Yeah. So if you put in that right now chart, you can pull yeah. it up with yours. Your. Uh, oh, uh, do you like a connection? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically a connection chart with the right now. So I'll do that. Like if I'm feeling something or I try and look every day because it's just good to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wonder if those moments when you're feeling that, because I don't think that from what I've understood the people I've talked to, it's not like you're, it's not like when you're, because we've been emotionally defined, the, um, the, the transit emotional center has been defined for like a month now. So it's, and it's not like you're feeling that all the time, but I think you have access to a little bit of more of that energy. I love that you brought this up because I had like, that was my question. Cause I know, what is it? The, um, nutrio weather or like genetic matrix mm-hmm. or something that you can go to. That's like exactly what you said that I learned in my human design course. But uh-huh. I was like, well, how, cause whenever I was taking the course, the head and the Ajna were defined and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, how does it even show up? Mm-hmm. Cause I don't even know what it feels like to be I defined. Think, yeah. I think it's subtle. Like there was one day, I don't okay. know, it was like last week or two weeks ago. And I was just like, I was so motivated. I was like getting stuff done. I was like so creative and stuff. And I was like, you know, let me take a peek at the, at the, uh, transits. And I was like a nine and oh, it was completely defined that day. So I was like, well, that makes sense. Cause I have all this like will energy and G center, like love and purpose Ooh. and direction going on. I was like, Oh, I feel good. But interesting. Yeah. But then we've, so we've had that. Um, and I don't know if I didn't check today yet, but we've had the, um, emotional center defined with the 1222 Uh, and that's, I I have that anyway. That's like, this is like the the chaos, the most moody, melancholy, like it's, it's a, it's a tough one, (laughs) but that's like mine. So, okay. So it was like amplified. That's so interesting. That would kind of make sense because Mm -hmm. I do pay attention to my or I've been trying to pay attention to my emotions and that like a couple days ago. And it's so funny because it was just like, I was having all these thoughts of like, Oh my God, am I doing the right thing? And just like ego kind of popping out and just emotionally and just kind of, and then I just, I just sat with it. I was like, whatever, I'll just surrender. And then later that day I had a huge epiphany and I was like, okay, creation mode, let's go. And it was just interesting to -hmm. like pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good to know. I've been trying to on this podcast. So every for, I think for the last like three weeks, I'll start now with just a little five minute, like transit what's going on transits. I love that. Thanks. That's super cool. Cause that's something I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah. The whole like astrology side of human design mm-hmm. is so much for me that I'm slowly taking it in. It is. I mean, human design in general is, is yeah. crazy. Like, <laughs> I, know. I don't know how it was, was with you, but like the very first time I, pulled up my chart. I was like, I don't know what this means. I don't have time for it. And I like kind of put it aside. And then somebody else mentioned it again. And then I started reading a little bit and I was just like, I can't stop. Like I have to know everything. I like got all the books. I like everything I could read. It's like, that's that's so funny. That totally (laughs) happened to me. I like read my chart as a manager and I was like, Ooh, that's cool. And Googled that, but then couldn't Google anything else. Cause Mm -hmm. it was just like a different, like a wall with it. Yeah. 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 And then same thing, just give me all the information and the Gene Keys book. Oh my God. Like that book transformed my life and just super cool. It makes sense that it takes seven years to like fully integrate everything. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I've been like, gosh, what have I, I think I'm about like coming up to a year and a half of like self-studying it and stuff like that. And I really think it's kind of for me, like in the last six months where I've really taken it and been like, okay, I have to really experiment with this in my life, like yes. waiting to respond. Cause I'm so, I have um, the emotional center, the sacral and the spleen all defined. So I have all of this, like in the moment, you know, like my emotions, if I'm like in a high, I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. Cause my sacral and my spleen are yelling at me, but I'm, <laughs> so I'm so impulsive, but I know it doesn't work that way. It's just, yeah. I'm always met with resistance when I do that. Yeah. What is your uh, authority? Um, I'm a sacral. Wait, sacral, yeah. Yeah, okay. sacral. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious about this because your authority is how you make decisions. So if you're making a big decision, you got to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. But if you're just making like what to eat for lunch or whatever, like spontaneous, you can kind of go with more 
sacral spleen, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's definitely the bigger things, but it's also even, even little, I think I just for my own, like kind of try to train myself to get out of the impulsiveness. Like I try and just sleep on things, even if it's like buying something, you know, like my Amazon cart has so much in it, but I used to just be like, bye, bye, bye. And now I'm like, no, if I was still thinking about it tomorrow, then I'll do it. So little things like that. Um, but yeah. And, and like, there was something I did recently that I just didn't, I felt like I didn't want to, but for, I felt obligated. So I did it. And of course, just that like everything went wrong on the day everything went wrong. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, because I didn't listen to my, but there's, you know, like, that's what uh, Ross says. There's no, there's no truth in the now, no matter where you are, how long you've sat in your wave. And that's, what's so confusing, I think for uh, emotional definition. 100%. 100%. It is that the waiting to respond has been something that I've struggled with. But yeah. then when you yeah. do it, there's been moments where it's like, I've been, my mantra lately has been, I'm the passenger and just really trusting mm-hmm. my body and trusting all of the unconscious gates that I have and all of the, the strengths. And something that I've noticed is when I'm really like following my strategy and authority, it's almost like my body is just like, uh, you know, that movie Donnie Darko mm-hmm. where he has that little thing in his chest and is just like drawing him. Like I yeah. literally feel like my yeah. body just whips out my credit card and buys something when it's right for me. Or like, mm-hmm. it's almost like a whirlwind yeah. where I just like do something or the green light turns on. I'm like, go. And then, and then it's like, what just happened? <laughs> it's really cool to like experience That's amazing. that way. That's amazing. That's yeah. very cool. So it's, yeah. So I know, I think, well, especially for manifesting generators, like we're just slowing down and like listening and waiting and surrendering is the hardest thing. Yeah. Cause it's like, we have this like element of like manifestation that manifestors, are you a pure manifesting generator? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm a generator with a touch of the manifestor. So I'm, cause I'm connected from the emotional center, oh. but I'm like, I swear <laughs> more manifestor than that. Cause like, I've, I just feel like throughout my life, I can really like turn on and off that aura. Right. Cause yeah. I, the manifestors are repelling. So yeah. I feel like if I'm not in the mood for something, I like, big time repel people off. Like, yeah. <laughs> but if you're it more on like that side, exactly. So I like, when I read the whole generator thing, they're like, oh, they're very welcoming aura. And I'm just like, nobody ever talks to me. <laughs> it's probably like when I'm in a low of a wave, it's just like keeping everybody out. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when you notice certain things because yeah. I've really like paid attention to the two and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a freaking weirdo. And like, not everyone's going to get, I'm just a mm. weirdo on the hill. Like, cool. Yeah. Like, but then it's made it nice because I've always, always been able to see like the future in people, like see their potential and just, oh my mm-hmm. God, you've got all of this going on. Like I, I can see, you know, advice giver, recovering advice giver. And now <laughs> learning about my traits and that, you know, I just speak my truth and people will come mm-hmm. to me if it's right for them. And I don't have to give a ton of advice, but when people want advice, that's where I can yeah. shine. It's the responding Waiting. to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, so hard to do, but yeah, once you become aware and like really put that into practice, you just, yeah. it just, yeah, it flows better. And it really sure. like paying attention to the uh-huh and uh-uh oh my God, I've been saying no so much lately and it just feels so good. And I've been able to receive no's in a different way. Um, Rather than rejection, it's just like, okay, I say no all the time. It just, it's not me. It just means that it's not right for that person and that's okay. Like it's, it's almost glorifying the yes and no Mm -hmm. and realizing that it's not going to be a great fit for everyone, whatever the situation may be. Yeah. And thanking people for honoring themselves to say no is mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. I, especially like, I feel like sacral people, cause you will, you know, in, in the moment, you know, and like sometimes like for me, it's like having to wait. And so it's, it's stopping myself from being like, well, think about it. Cause no, you'll know. Like if I ask you yeah. something, you're going to know right then and there, you know, but yeah. it is, it is, it is hard to kind of not take it personally sometimes. Yeah. Maybe it's just like the emotional part of me. That's just like, you don't want me or you, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, like, totally. you don't want you don't want to hang out with me. You don't have, and it is, it's just, it is honoring that part of ourselves. And I think that's something that through my like life and stuff, I'm still working with. Like, yeah. It's hard. 
Yeah. And especially like with the open emotional center, like you tend to be people pleasers. You avoid confrontation like you want. So being able to tell somebody no is a big step too. Yeah, that is definitely true. It's been hard for me to speak my truth and I have a defined G center. So I feel like I was conditioned in not the best way to Mm -hmm. not be myself and to not be authentically me. And now I'm really stepping into that and it just feels so much better. Yeah. Um, and it feels better to know, like, I think maybe it's easy, maybe it's easier because it's like, I know what I want. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, it's been very interesting to, to learn all of these things. Yeah. So when you were like growing up or as an adult, did you feel more like you had an open G? So I know like you had said you had felt like lost. Yeah, I think so. I think the, when it's like, um, what do they say? Uh, you can get depressed when you don't take time to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I lived for so much of my life. Yeah. And not, I, I was, it's kind of funny because I was always like, a, I'm going to do whatever I want. And I have a gate 51 and I definitely like enjoyed shocking my parents and being like, I'm in California today. And like just random things that I would do, yeah. but I did it almost in an angsty way. Like I'm not going to college. I'm going to be a hairstylist just mm-hmm. to prove you wrong and those sorts of things. Yeah. And so I, I feel like I didn't know what I wanted And then honestly, like when I turned 30, that was when it's like, okay, I'm 30. Like my life isn't where I want it to be. And then I think shortly around that time, my, um, that's when I found out about my, figured it out about my dad. And then it was like, okay, now I get to learn to love myself and know who I am. Something about 30. I feel like everybody hits 30 and we're just like, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's like a a review of your life phase. And I know it's like right after like, or it's part of your Saturn return. So that's like a big part of it too, but it's just, it's so fascinating. But I think it's for everyone because you get to that point where you're like, okay, you've had fun in your twenties, you've learned a lot of lessons, Mm -hmm. but if you're 30 and you're not exactly where you want to be in life, it's kind of like, okay. Or you've gotten, I got to the point where I got, like, I had the man, I had the job, I was making the money, but I still didn't feel happy and I still didn't feel loved. And then it was like, okay, I got to start figuring it out here. And that's what opened my mind to this whole brand new world that we're also in a bubble or we can be. And then when you open your eyes to, oh, the world isn't really what I thought it was. And this is so exciting. That's what makes me so happy. Yeah. I love that. Um, so like what, what were your biggest blocks like in Oof. yourself that you had to get past or are still struggling with? Cause I know I have blocks I still work with. Oh God. There's, I feel like there's <laughs> always going to be blocks. Yeah. <laughs> there's always going to be something It's like an onion, right? You get through like one yes. layer of the block and then there's another one that pops up. Yes. I think that the first one that I found, the first big limited belief was I'm so unlovable. And I, because of how I grew up and I didn't get the love, my dad was the love I wanted and I didn't feel like I got it. And so I put this block around myself and I now realize that because I had that thought, that's why like so many people love, love me, but I wasn't receiving their love because of that thought. So when I found that out, it was like, oh, okay. And then I found out I can give myself all of the love that I need. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think, like, I believe that no one can love you exactly as you can love yourself. And when I found that out, that was like a huge aha moment for me. So I think that block, and I recently, the last couple of weeks, have figured out that it wasn't really about love. I mean, it was, but it was security too. Like mm-hmm. I think security is big for me. And if I don't, you know, you, you develop these, the skill of seeing patterns, whether they're real or not, and our brain generalizes and distorts and all that. And so I notice patterns within relationships and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not secure. And so I just block myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really, I'm learning how to be vulnerable. And I think that's an open solar plexus yeah. thing where emotions are really hard to talk mm-hmm. about or the anticipation of the other person's emotions. That is what's the hardest part. Yeah. Um, 
So those, those are definitely like the biggest blocks and then abundance blocks I'm working through right now. Um, and it's really like the abundance is about for, I've realized the past couple of days is that I had a lot of, um, just resentful, resentfulness for lending people money, giving people money and giving it in a conditional way that I didn't really realize. Um, and so that's been a huge one that I'm working through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it all kind of ties together, Yeah, you know, like it, it's all, um, but how did you, so like, once you realize like, okay, I can give myself this love. I don't need it from others. How did you give yourself the love? Like, how did that manifest for you? The, um, what did I read? I read the big leap by Mm -hmm. Gay Hendricks. Yep. And that one was huge to really help me, but honestly, meditation, Mm -hmm. I started a meditation practice, uh, like a year and a half ago. And that has been the most transformational tool that I've used to find limited beliefs, do inner child work and really learn how to love myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I've struggled with body image issues most of my life. And so learning how to love my physical body and then mentally, um, but yeah, emotion, talking lovingly to myself, um, I call it mirror time where I just like look myself in the eye. Like it's so freaking weird the first time you do it, but <laughs> literally like looking yourself in the eye yeah. in the mirror and be like, Lindsay, I love you. And getting to the point where if you're brave, you can like do it naked and all that sort of stuff. And really like honing in on what I want and my needs and how, how can I soothe myself and how can I parent myself? Mm-hmm. I think reparenting has been big on the loving myself too. Yeah. For sure. Um, I know that uh, learning to love yourself, it's like one of the first like personal development books like I read and in, in, in there he talks about like whatever you're feeling, whatever emotion you're going through or whatever, it's like, I love myself. Like if, if uh, you know, I don't know what, if it's something negative, like I love myself for having this negative belief. It's like still, yeah. so I used to just like sit there every time like I'd have a negative thought, I'd just be like, I love myself for thinking that. Like I love Yay. myself for this. I love myself for that. And so, um, yeah. So that just kind of became this like, in the background, you know, like I just so good on repeat, but yeah, uh, loving yeah. yourself when you're hating yourself. That Absolutely. is definitely, well, plus I think too, with emotions, because since you were so conditioned with your emotional center, I feel mm-hmm. like it's probably been hard for you to maybe even name them or like, no, mm-hmm. like, what am I feeling? Which yeah. Also, it's hard too, right? Because I feel like emotions are changing so much, even within, like, they're just constantly transforming into something. Um, but yeah, that's hard. Like, we think that when I have this, when I have that, then I'll feel love. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, wrong way. Yeah. You've got to feel yeah. love now, and then you'll have those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, I work towards that like every single day. And I think, like, yeah, that having the emotional definition really messes with it big time. Totally. Um, I like three years ago, I got out of a really bad relationship. And so like for a year, two years, I like didn't, there was no romance or anything. It was just me. I was like, just working on myself. And I was like, I got this. And then I decided to involve, you know, romantic relationships. And it was like, I feel like ever since then, I've just been like, so, like such a mess kind of, because it's like all this, all these other limiting blocks, right. Of like needing that validation. But then the awareness comes in and it's all, it's not always easier to be aware because it's like, no, I know that I don't need the validation, but I want it you know, and it's like, I know I can give it to myself, but so it's like, sometimes it makes it more confusing. That's interesting that you brought that up because I've been dealing with that as well. It's like, okay, I'm giving myself all the things that I need, but I still want, like we can still. And I think that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. 100%. And also like relationships, relationships are the best because they're a mirror. They're showing us like we meet, we meet, I believe in like, we meet the right people who are reflecting back Mm -hmm. what we need to work on within ourselves. And I learned, I learned that one time because my partner and I were, I was like, had this idea and I was telling my partner and I was like, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of it, he was like, yeah, that's cool. You could do this, 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 and this. And I was like, Ew. like in my head, I was like, oh, I just want you to like, tell me that's a good idea.
idea. I don't need your advice. And then like later that night, I was like, oh, Lindsay, you do that to him all of the time. Like he'll tell you a story. It's all about that validation, right? And yeah. I was like, it's the mirror. Like yeah. he was reflecting back to me something that I needed to work on within myself. And typically when we're frustrated with our partners, it's like, okay, let's take an assessment. How am I doing in that area? So mm-hmm. I found out that I, I was like, you're not showing me enough affection. And then I was like, well, Lindsay, are you showing him affection? No, like shocker. Why would he want to show you affection when you're like passive aggressively, like yeah. doing whatever you're doing or withholding, yeah. you know, it's interesting. That's a good one. Cause like my struggle currently is that like not getting that fish physical affection or like aff- affirmations and stuff like that. And I think about that sometimes cause I'm like, am I giving him the things that I'm asking for? And I know I'm not, but like part of me is because in the past, I feel like because of the relationships I had found myself in, I always had to ask for permission for it. Or like there had to be somebody that set the stage to like give me the green light. And I think in this situation, because this specific person isn't unhealthy, there's no like you can do that. You know, it's just kind of like this expected that if I want something, I can just go for it. But then there's resistance from me because I'm not used to that. So it's just this massive cycle What's his love language? Um, I believe it is either gifts or acts of service, but he's a two, four. So like very different from the six, three. (laughs) This is very, so this is something that I've been dealing with also because Uh words of affirmation are my number one thing. And I give so many words. Yeah, Quality time and words of affirmation, but see, that's, I don't, I don't don't give words of affirmation. Oh, interesting. Well, how, so my partner, I haven't, he's like avoiding the test, but I haven't made a test yet, but I'm pretty sure that he's acts of service and touch and touch is my second or whatever it is. So, um, that works out. Yeah. I've noticed that (laughs) there was a point where it was just, we weren't doing well to be honest. And I was like giving him so many words and I wasn't getting any back. And I'm like, Oh, what's happening? So then I was like, Oh, he needs me to do things for him. And Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was deprived of love, but he also was too. So I started doing things for him. And then he started doing things for me because we typically give in what we like to receive. And so that's why I asked about the words, like mm-hmm. if he's an act of service, like literally sometimes I would just spray, spray bleach around the house just so that it felt like it smelled like I cleaned. <laughs> literally, like these are some things that I would do yeah. and he would walk in and he'd like smell it and he'd be in a good mood. I'm like, yes, like it's yeah. just like, but that does not come naturally to me. And I've had to use my will center yeah. to be like, okay, I'm doing the freaking dishes. I'm cleaning. Like I know that he likes this stuff. And so I'm doing it even though I don't mm-hmm. really want to do it. Yeah. I have a friend and hers is acts of service and her husband like could literally care less about a clean house, like at all. And she'll like, she gets so mad. She's like, all I ask for is him to clean. Da, da, da. But then like he will every now and again. And when she calls me and I'll just be like, now, you know, him doing that is love because he yeah. does not want to do that for you yes. Like, it is yes. to make you feel better. <laughs> so you have to like register that too. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, we have to give people grace, right? Like if it doesn't yeah. come naturally and yeah. you notice they're doing it, like give them all the words of affirmation or whatever. They yeah. Make. Yeah. But it's a mutual thing. I it is. That- it is. And it's, it's like compromise obviously I've like somebody sent me a video on compromise and I in like a big picture thing I kind of get like we shouldn't have to compromise ourselves for somebody else but like on the small levels of that kind of stuff you know it's like you have to like if somebody else wants something that you're not naturally like giving then it's you know but yeah (laughs) no I think too like being unconditional or conditional in those mm-hmm. sense, like, because I've totally done things like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I get this thing back, even though I'm not saying that I want this thing back. Yeah. And like knowing what we actually want. And then obviously the patterns from previous relationships, because I have like, I love mis- like giving massages and they're like, I just, and it soothes me. Well, mm-hmm. like it's a win-win. Um, and yeah, I like them too, but my partner doesn't really like giving them. And he was like adding things up, like you can't give me massage because then I'll owe you. And I'm like, babe, like this isn't <laughs> about like owing, like yeah. I just want to do this yeah. for you. And yeah. so it was just so interesting. Like relationships are tough. <laughs> 
They really are. And it's like, that's why it's, it's funny. I've been doing a lot more connection charts lately and it's like through all of it, it's like, yeah, you have these things that technically are tension causing and, and whatever. But I think no matter what you can have like a five and four, you know, what is it? What's the saying? Five and four better to be free or something. I don't know. What the, the oh yeah. Yeah. Is. Where do you find yeah, that? Five and four, not understand. a relationship anymore. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But it's like, I think you can have all of these things that technically won't work, but if you're like committed enough and you want to make it, we can make anything work. And I think it's, it's all like, for me, I always used to see people and I would see this one quality and I'm like, Ooh, I know that you can be this person. So let's get you there. And it just, you can't do that. You know, it's just, it's okay. accepting what's in front of you. And like just having awareness of that. And it's like, especially, so you have your compromise channels in, in uh, the connection charts. I don't know how much, if you know about it, but it's like, so if you have, you know, like half the gate, if you have a gate and they have the whole channel, you're going to have to compromise because they are going to run the show in that. And so it's just, it's literally just surrendering to the fact of like, okay, these are the areas we're going to struggle. And I just have to like give in and give up (laughs) because it's just energetics. Like you cannot win that. That one is very interesting because the I have a I have the five and fifteen, and my partner only has five, mm-hmm. and so most of the time he's like he'll tell me he's like you're you're in Lindsay land right now I don't know what I don't know what's <laughs> going on, and I'll just get like I'm just on my own time but typically I'm always on time and that's been something we struggle with so much mm-hmm. and I had to like almost give him permission hey like. I can have some sort of routine, but I need some openness with the rest of it and like the give and take and having a conversation about it. And Mm -hmm. it's cool when you know that information and they don't, because I didn't really explain it in a human design way. It was just like, if you want to go have structure, like you do your thing and I'll join if I feel like it, Mm -hmm. but giving grace in those areas is just so beneficial. (laughs) Yeah. And so is he aware of his design? Like you, you kind of go through that together or? Slowly, but surely. <laughs> he's very, very logical. He's a five one. He's a, mm. we're very, we're actually really similar. We've, um, it's been very interesting. We both have the same North and South node. We mm. both have a lot of the same gates. We're like very, very similar, but very, very different. Um, and as soon as I said astrology, he was like, nope, like he is yeah. totally against astrology. Yeah. So I just like slowly feed information to him. I've been piquing his interest enough and I leave the Gene <laughs> book out and I've got like the first three that I think he should yeah. read. And so he's, he's slowly making his way. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to see like a super logical person be like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't think there's like been a chart that I've read that somebody has been like, no, I you know, know what I mean? Like, I don't, the, it's literally like, it's just like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe like this is, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it's been really cool because his family, like he's got the best family and it's been cool to talk about, especially the emotional center. Cause he struggled a lot. He's mm-hmm. undefined and he struggled a lot with that. And so helping him, um, and it helps me too, because it helps me like deliver the information in more of a logical way. Cause I'm, I'm much more feely, woo woo, like spiritual. And mm-hmm. so it helps to have that the more six line. scientific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just very like, he's very line one for sure. Like, yeah. um, all has to have all the information and, um, super logical. So it's been fun. It's been really fun yeah. to, to deliver the information to him and have him receive it too. Yeah. That's cool. But I mean, he's open to like what you present. So that's, that's important. Um, so what advice would you give your 20 year old self? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would say, Lindsay, learn how to love yourself. Like find the love that you're looking for within yourself and start meditating. Honestly, that's what I would say. Yeah. Meditation has been life-changing for me too. Like it's just, being able to know. And I think it also, and this is what, so I've been doing like pranic healing meditations. I don't know if you, it's like a, this spiritual teacher, his name is master co. I've like, I talk about him on the podcast all the time. Cause it's just like, yeah. but you know, he always, for me, I think, especially being emotionally defined, you know, it's, it's about, you know, meditation takes you out of yourself and in, in this higher perspective. Right. So it allows you to see that I am not the body. I am not the emotions. I am not the thoughts. Like I am the higher self and like being able to, it's like 
it's practice, but also like you said, like being able to get in that state and kind of work on your blocks. And I was like, I have the busiest mind. Like my mind doesn't ever shut off, like ever. <laughs> How you define? So I have a defined Ajna. Okay. But so I, you know, I take it, but my son is defined. He has a defined head. Oh, so when you're around him. Yeah. It's just like, I'm getting all this stuff and I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I just, I definitely think meditation is life-changing and everybody oh, should. Is there a specific meditation that you do? I know you said you work on like blocks and stuff or limiting beliefs through your meditation. It's been interesting because that's the hard part about meditation is that a, people just don't really understand what it is. And then I think the most common thing is people think that it's about not thinking, which yeah, 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 you can get to that space, but it takes a long time and every single meditation I have, I'm thinking, um, Mm -hmm. but it's just a matter of becoming the observer and then taking yourself back to the breath. Um, but I'll do guided meditations. I really let my, I really follow my intuition and my body. Um, that's like, okay, I need, I need something guided. And then I'll just kind of be called. I have a a couple of favorite people on Mm -hmm. um, YouTube and I'll just play a guided, um, we do mainly my partner and I meditate together. And so he just likes music. So we'll just do music for about 20 minutes. Um, so it's been interesting cause I just kind of, I had a, a transformational cacao ceremony on my birthday. And ever since then, I've been able to really get into mm. that space very, very quickly and connect to my higher self very quickly. Um, but it's taken like a year and a half of practice. So I think that, um, my best, at least for me, I just set a timer for 10 minutes, put on music without words and just told myself to lay there. It's like, I took it from Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he's like, treat yourself like a dog and set a timer (laughs) and just say, don't get up until this timer you know, does this thing. Mm-hmm. So I did it and like two minutes, I was like, Oh my God, it's been an hour. Like what the hell is going on? Like yeah. it was awful. Well, not awful, but it was just like psh, my mind. It's, it's difficult because you're literally yes. training or retraining your mind and your body. And it's like, that's like yoga. I don't know if you do yoga or not, but a lot of it, especially when you're in these positions for so long, it is this mental training of like, it's, it is uncomfortable and it's yeah. pushing through that. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think that's when the live transformation comes. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think too, like I started with 10 minutes, but then I increased it. And a lot of times I won't even get to that space. That you were to like going past the body, past the thoughts, past everything until like minute 18. So yeah. it does take that daily practice. Like mm-hmm. it, to me is a non-negotiable, like yeah. I will never not meditate Yeah. Um, at least once daily. And it's definitely been that thing that is just so transformational, but it's so unique, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like for you and you're meditating and, and nor do we know what it's like for anyone else. Um, but yeah. to me, that's the coolest part. And I, I mean, cacao, I don't know if you've tried cacao, but cacao is awesome for meditation. It's just, it's a hard opener. It It's, it's totally legal. You just, but by ceremonial grade, um, and you drink it and I make it into a ritual and I've gotten, so I'll just like ask for a question. And I, a lot of times I'll just ask my, myself a question, like whatever mm-hmm. I'm trying to work through and just wait and surrender. And then typically I'll get the answer, which just so cool. It's like, yeah, being able to have a meeting with your higher self daily is kind of what yeah. it is. I think that's the hard part to get to is that surrendering part. So a lot of like, I still don't even fully, like I've, I have had moments of meditation where I've like completely, I feel like transcended my body. It's been like a handful of times, like, but most of the time, like I do have my thoughts. I do have my struggles. I do get uncomfortable, but it's like, I didn't, I didn't meditate the last two days because my kids were off for like a four day weekend and just life and whatever. Um, yeah. But, uh, cause I won't like, if I have a drink or something, I'm not going to meditate after that. And I, Yeah. Cause I know I'm not going to get to the point that I want to get to. And then I just feel like I'm fidgety or whatever. So I didn't meditate the last few days and I can feel like how much my body needs to like get oh, back yeah. into that space. You get, I mean, I don't like using the word addicted, but that's kind of like what it is. Like it is. Get- yeah. Yeah. I stopped meditating for like six months. Um, maybe, maybe not quite six months, but it was less than that. But, 
And then once like, I think it was right before COVID happened, I literally had this like, my whole body was like craving it. I was like, I have to met, like there was no option. And ever since then, it's been like every single day or at least six days a week. Yay. So good. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like you said too, it is that awareness or that it is that like everybody thinks like I have to not think like I have to get in the state. And so then we get so aggressive with our thoughts, like get out of here or whatever. And I think it's more of like what I do when I have a thought, whether it's negative or whatever, I'll just kind of be like, I see you. I accept you. I know I created you and just like, I release you. I don't need to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like the cloud is like, okay, (laughs) cloud. And then when you get lost in the cloud, just come back to your breath. Yeah. Cause it really is all about breath. When we're focused on our breath, there's nothing else that we can really focus on. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is what presence is all about. Yeah. It's been interesting. I've been, I haven't quite done gotten into breath work yet, but I've been doing more belly breathing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've only been doing it for a couple, maybe a week. And okay. it's really awesome. Yeah. Just letting my belly out and just breathing super deep. And then it's like, I get more breath and I just mm-hmm. feel I feel different. It's very, you will. So I've been doing that for, gosh, I don't remember when I started belly breathing, but like, it's like, I've realized I just, that's how I breathe now. Yeah. It gets to a point where I'll just be like, I'll be in, you know, Shavasana or whatever in, in yoga. And I'm, and I'll, I'll like be conscious of it. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, and I realize how much I, or even if I'm laying in bed, like that's how I now breathe. And so, so once cool. you get to that phase, like, I think it is a lot more calming and I've noticed I'm able to control my emotions or my responses through my breath and being able to breathe slower and like having that just com- completely incorporated in your life just just like makes it's things so a little easier yeah definitely. well and two like because I'm an undefined spleen and facing my fears has been something mm-hmm. that I've been doing and yeah. the I've read that the only difference between fear and excitement is your breath mm-hmm. and it makes so much sense yeah. that if we're in a stressful situation okay chill out close your eyes take a breath and breathe. And, and you can do it anywhere. And yeah, nobody knows you're doing so it. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to worry about like being judged or what are people going to think because nobody's going to know. True. Just breathe. True. <laughs> and it's, it's like we're getting used to, I think, especially in the next few years of listening to our bodies more and respecting our mm-hmm. bodies more and yeah. being like, this doesn't feel good to me. I'm going to follow my Mm-hmm. Um, my gut. And it's so funny because they, they say like, follow your gut. But then when you say something that's following your gut, but doesn't make sense here, people are like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, well, Everybody wants like proof. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard, but our bodies are so intelligent. And Absolutely. when we learned to just let do its freaking thing, then we're all going to feel so much yeah. better. Absolutely. That's the hard part though. Cause we've been just so conditioned by society and cultures and all kinds of stuff. Like this is a certain way and it's hard to like break out of that, but I think you gotta close. do. Yeah. Close. Yeah. <laughs> I really there. do. Like I feel and like, like go ahead. No, I was just going to say like our generation kids now, you know, like yeah. I'm teaching my children to be emotionally aware. Like my son who's who's undefined and and I was reading something yesterday when, as it relates to like connection charts or whatever, but it's just like, you have the, the defined one that gets angry and then the undefined gets angrier and then the defined gets angry and the undefined, cause we're just like this explosion of like, you know, so being able to be like, Hey, hold on, you know, like, especially with my son. Cause like I'll, and I won't even, sometimes I don't even express that I'm in a low, but like, I'll know that he feels that cause he'll throw stuff and he'll yell or whatever. And I'm just like, what are you feeling? He's like, I'm just so angry. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So let's not throw things. Let's figure something else out. But <laughs> that's so cool. I think that it's like, if I, I'm, I've yet to talk to a parent and kind of like help them with that, but I want to be a parent someday. And it's very, I'm just like, Ooh, I'm so excited to <laughs> be able to know. I feel like it's like a, um, I don't know. It's like a handbook to your child. Like yeah, yeah. there's not a handbook for anyone. Well, and we all wish we had a handbook, but now we do, you know, it's like, but it's, you know, of course there are moments in in everybody's, you know, conditioning and life and stuff like that. Like I'm not always like their charts aren't always at the forefront of my, you know what I mean? Like you get irritated and they're like, you know, like my daughter's got an undefined throat. So she's just like, mom, 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 blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I see you, you don't need to like get all this attention. Like we're, we're okay. Let's calm down. That's very interesting. She is just like, literally, she will t- 
talk and talk, or she'll be like, mom, I have a question or mom, I want to tell you something. And like literally have nothing to say. And I'm like, what? And she's like, um, I don't know. I'm like, you're just talking because you want to be heard, right? Like she wants to be seen. So it's like, how do I do that? But not, you know, like not damage that sense of, and none of us were all like, so my son, he's all defined except for his emotions, his will and his G center. So I'm like, poor kid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you and your partner have an open G, right? Uh, no, I'm defined. Oh, you're defined. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's gotta be hard, but at least, you know, right. Cause I feel like parents with, undefined- Oh no, sorry. G. Yeah. No, I'm open. Yeah. I'm open. You're open. I have okay. an open G. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like, you know yeah. how that feels. Cause I, I would assume that that would be harder for a parent. Cause parents all, I would assume parents are kind of like, Oh, you'll, you'll be good yeah. at this. Or like yeah. seeing the future for their children when it mm-hmm. may not be what they need or want. Yeah. Well, and I'm, so I'm the only one in my family with an open G too. Oh, oh. So I had the defined emotional center and the open G and they were the opposite. (laughs) Wow. That's wild. That is a super crazy. But I've always, always attracted people like, cause obviously now that I've looked through like everybody's charts, I've always attracted people with open emotional centers and defined G's. It's crazy. Wow. It's just funny to see like those patterns. Yeah. But it's what your soul needs. Yep, I guess so. And I keep attracting two fours, six twos and two fours. That's so funny. Two fours. My my yeah. sister's a two four. Yeah. I have and like, my mom. Yeah. Well, my brother's a four. My my family's my mom's a three five. My dad's a five one. So that's interesting. Oh, you yeah, say your partner's yeah. five one. My brother's a four six. My son's a two four. And my daughter's a one three, which triggers me real bad because one threes are very selfish. They're all about themselves. And I'm just like, get out of your head. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm very you. selfish. Like, I'm very selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I have been. Do you feel like, or you feel like people have projected that on you? Maybe both. Like, it's always been like, I want to do this thing. I'm going to go do this yeah. thing. That's probably the yeah. will center for me. Oh, you have that defined. defined. I was going to say, I feel like this, I struggle with that second line. Because you guys need to hermit so much. And I'm just like all chaos and six, three and like, look at me and like come and whatever that I get like personally offended when somebody's like, no, I don't want to hang out with your, or like, I'm like, why? Like, what's wrong with me that you don't, but that's, you know, that's (laughs) That's everything That has been very hard for me uh, because I am, I have always been very hermit. I call myself a recluse. I'm like, I'm just a recluse. I like being by myself. Yeah. And I also, I grew up, we were very isolated and I was homeschooled. And so I wasn't really around people. And so this sort of connection is how I've connected with people since I was a teenager. And so it's easier for me to connect with someone via the internet versus in person. And I, I, I'm so into, I just love talking about this. That's why Mm -hmm. human design is just like, yes, I feel like I found my people that want to talk about interesting things, not what happened on whatever the soap, you know, whatever TV yeah, is. Yeah. Like it's been, it's been hard for me. And then that like aloneness, like I'll hang out for like once a month and then I'm out and I'll be there for you via text or email or yeah. video chat, but that's it. Like, don't ask me to come out um, for longer than that. Hmm. That's so interesting. I have, I know one other six two, and she said she's the same way. Like when everything happened, like COVID and everything, and we were talking and she was like, this is like my life though. Like this is no different. This is like, makes me happy because this is how I like to interact with people. And I'm like, yes. I guess I just never realized for me personally, cause I'm six, three, I've always kind of been shy, obviously conditioning and like all sorts of centers, whatever I have all, both my pressure centers are open. So I'm like, oh. but I didn't realize how much just like going to work and being around people really yeah. was like motivating for me. Yeah. So that makes I'm so like, sense. yeah, I always used to be like, I'm such a hermit, but I'm realizing I'm not a hermit. Cause I do like to go out and I do. And I'm, I, are you into astrology? I think you touched, you said yeah, you, a little bit. So I'm like a Leo moon and a Leo uh, rising and Leos are just oh. very much about like the drama and like the look yeah. at me and stuff like that. So I like, I like son. to get dressed up and like go have like extravagant meals or like whatever. You're a Leo son. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's been hard too, because yeah. it's like this, like go out and stuff, but then it's like, no, I'm, like, but I think you can nourish your Leo without having that. Right. Like for me, yeah. that's just how I feel like my rising sign, you know, and stuff like that. Like mm. my moon is just like these dramatic emotions, which makes sense with the <laughs> emotional center, but yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, super oh. interesting. All yeah. this stuff we find it out. It's like it's just so interesting how we're so detailed in who we are and there's mm-hmm. so much that goes into it. And then when you find out this information, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, all these light bulbs just go off yeah. in your brain. But it I think that's why I love human design so much is because it does make the most sense out of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, just the whole, as a whole, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and what I find amazing about it is like everything. So I have a really good friend who studies Ayurveda, another friend that's into pranic healing. And then you look at astrology and even like, like other, I can't even think of one right now, but there's other like Kabbalah tree of life. You know, it's all yeah. kind of like related. Pranic healing is really interesting because it's, it talks about the Kabbalah tree of life. So it's like oh. all these things are so interconnected and they align so much. Like I'll talk to my friend with, in Ayurveda and we'll be talking about this and she'll be like, oh yeah, that really sounds like the Vata dosha, you know? And I'm like, yeah, it's your head. And be-. so it's like so crazy how it just all, and they're all like ancient modalities. You know what I mean? Like oh. they're 2,500 plus years old. And they just like, it's like, it can't be, you know what I mean? It just can't be a coincidence. Just oh no, like, not at all. It's, it's all the same. It's all leading down to the same path. And that's what the cool part is about our journeys is mm-hmm. that they're all so different, but yeah. we're all perfect exactly as we are and whatever path we're on. And that's something that has given me so much peace because yeah. it used to frustrate the hell out of me. Like, why are you on a better path? I can see a better path for you. But it's like, they're doing their thing and it's okay. And all we can really focus on is ourselves. And that's also something that I feel like human design, it's like, and where I feel like the world is kind of getting to this point, turn that spotlight inward, be selfish. The best thing that you can do for the people around you is to be selfish and to focus on yourself and to give yourself, fill yourself up first Mm -hmm. so that you can overflow to everyone else. Yeah. And... That's hard. It's very hard. Absolutely. But you're right. You're right. Um, All right. And then our last question. So what lights you up and then what inspires you to keep moving forward? Oh, I think love. Love lights me up. I love love. I love loving. I love loving people. I I just, yeah, love is what lights me up. And people and connection, I think, is what keeps me going because... Mm -hmm. I just always wanted to help people and I've helped myself so much that it's like, okay, I'm ready to line six it and to just help. Like my goal is to help as many people as I possibly can be able to answer the question, who am I? And it's just so funny and so aligned because that was my brand name before I even found human design. And then when I found human design, I was like, yes, this is meant to be, but that is definitely people, people in love. That's beautiful. I love it. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Super.